When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Oh, you got a little Bubba. He is absolutely a company man. It's Canty and Carlin. <laughs> on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We will hit a couple of those calls that have been, including a couple that have been patient on the 49ers and the massive trade that they have made in picking up Christian McCaffrey This weekend, a couple of interesting situations involving two of the elder statesmen and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. The Packers get the commanders this week. Mm. Packers are sitting at three and three. Commanders are at two and four. I don't know why. But that feels semi-dangerous to me for the Packers. Hell yeah, this is a scary spot for Green Bay. Think it, about it, man. You lost back-to-back games to the Giants and the Jets. Not taking anything away from those two respective clubs, but we're not sold that Green Bay is a good football team. No. We know Washington is a bad football team, but how much of that had to do with Carson Wentz? Knowing now that Carson Wentz ain't going to be in the lineup, Taylor Heineke is going to be in the lineup, and you talk about a guy waking up feeling dangerous, to me that's a quarterback – with the weapons that's around him, that can do some damage and pose some problems for that Packers defense. So, listen, I, I don't think that the Commanders are a good football team, but I will say this. I do feel more confident that this team can rally around Taylor Heineke yeah. than I did with them coming to, <laughs> circling the wagons with Carson Wentz. I don't think the Commanders are a, are a bad football team. I don't think they're an awful football team, if no, that they're makes a bad, sense. they're a bad team. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a bad team. But, but this is the NFL. Right. Even bad That's teams, what I mean. Even bad Let teams can rise this. up. Let me rephrase it. And beat somebody on any given Sunday. They're a bad team. I don't, feel, I, I don't feel like the Packers are a great team by any stretch. That's the point. Yeah. And they can rise up against them. There's no doubt. And at the same time, you got the Bucks and Tom Brady getting the Panthers this week in a game that they absolutely should win without a problem considering where the Panthers are right now. P.J. Walker again. They just traded away McCaffrey. They just traded away Robbie Anderson. Uh, They say they're holding on to D.J. Moore. We'll see if they get a a knockout offer before the deadline, which is a week from Tuesday, Mm. if memory serves. But I look at these two, Chris, and these are two guys that have to be at a crossroads for themselves with this season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is somebody that has to be looking around right now, kind of like, what did I get myself into with these receivers? And Tom Brady, I still believe, is absolutely questioning if he ever should have come back in the first place. Well, Aaron Rodgers had the choice to come back to Green Bay or go somewhere else, right? He controlled his own fate, and he was the one that decided that he wanted a $50 million a year contract. So that's what Brian Gutekunst, the GM for the Packers, gave him, knowing that the wide receiver corps were going to be young because Devontae Adams decided he was going to leave. See, it's kind of cute, though, that Aaron doesn't seem to realize that like his contract and better players at wide receiver are actually tied together. Yeah, there's a correlation there. Yeah, that he doesn't seem happened. to 
Like, that's not jibing. They're talking an awful lot about what they're going to do at the deadline. And, you know, Brian and I have had discussions. That's great. Did you have a discussion about cutting down your cap number? Did you have a discussion with your head coach yeah. about what you meant by simplify? Because he clearly doesn't understand what that means. Yeah. But to me, it's not a talent issue with Green Bay. It's a leadership issue, Carlin. People keep talking about the wide receivers and how they're struggling. Carlin, the Packers don't struggle to score points in the first half of games. They don't. They're plus 18 in the first half of games in scoring differential, which is eighth best in the National Football League. Where they get into trouble is the second half of games, where they're minus 37. That's a problem. So I don't know if it's them not being able to adjust once they go off the script or whether they can't make the tweaks once defenses adjust as the game unfolds. Whatever the reason, well, but we've it's, talked a re- it's a reflection of the leadership. Well, but we've talked about this in other situations about coaches. Yeah. So you don't – do you think it's that? Well, what else? it's not talent. No. Carlin, their defense has seven first-round draft picks. Seven. And they're getting and run they over And they times. can't stop a nosebleed. Yeah. And they're allowing the highest completion percentage of any defense in the NFL. Yep. So tell – if you've got seven first-round draft picks, you can't stop the run even when you know it's coming and you're allowing opposing quarterbacks to complete the highest percentage of passes – what the hell is going on? You, you can't tell me that they're adjusting to a new scheme because Joe Barry was the D.C. for them last year. So what the hell is going on on the defensive side of the ball? It ain't a talent issue, man. They got plenty of talent. So here they are. This is a game to me that is a whole – look, the Bucks in the NFC South, if you can believe, you're going to believe in the Atlanta Falcons, okay, good for you. I'm not there yet, stop, yeah, stop I, and I'm not yourself. saying you. I'm saying yeah, I'm people say, in general. Stop yourself. Because I heard a lot of that this week. Well, outside, Falcons are better outside than we thought. the state of Georgia, nobody's buying the Atlanta Falcons yeah, as a contender in the NFC South. Yeah, no. settle down. No. So, as crazy as this sounds, the Bucks could actually lose this game, and it's not killing them. The Packers lose this game, it's killing them. I mean, honestly, the Vikings are off this week, but the Packers are going to go to 3-4, and four, already two games back of the Vikings. And got, granted, it's not a division game, but still, I mean, that really will put them in a scary situation. Yeah, and that'd be three NFC losses too, Carlin. So that, that factors into the playoff math when you consider them potentially having to go to wild card route yep. if they do lose this game. So, yeah, I think it's more consequential for the Green Bay Packers if they lose this weekend to the Commanders than it would be for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing to the Panthers. Although it would be a pretty bad loss if you're talking about a team that fired their head coach, that traded away their star running back, and they're on a backup quarterback. I mean, that, that's that's pretty low, too. But I will say this, Tampa's still in the driver's seat. They're still in the pole position in the NFC South. Well, right now, Green Bay is two and a half games back in the Minnesota Vikings. I, yeah, I'm just talking about from a standing standpoint. That yeah. where, where, yes, it would be a bad loss for the Bucs, but... Ultimately, it's a loss they can recover from. And I get exactly where you're coming from. Uh, Meanwhile, Ryan Clark checking in on the Packers situation and why maybe it's not just about the standings if they were to lose. Well, I think this team starts to implode. We Right now, we see coach and quarterback saying different things about what they need to do with the offense. You understand you've put all of this work into the defense, all of these draft picks, spent all of this money in free agency, and now that defense isn't playing the way that you expected them to in coming into this season. And this is the first season that Matt LaFleur isn't on pace to win 13 games since he's been the head coach. And there's always been questions about what does Matt LaFleur truly 
really do that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get him to that point to be able to do. And so now with this team playing the commanders, pay attention to energy, pay attention to how bad the Green Bay Packers want to win. Because if they don't win it, it's going to be a huge problem at Lambeau. Now look, I know I get accused of rooting for bad things to happen to certain people. Just say it. You, you don't want anything good to happen to Aaron Rodgers on a football field. I've, I've, I'm wondering if I should talk to the sales team at ESPN Radio about getting these segments of my hate sponsored. Yeah. It just, just it's not real rooting, hate. It's sports it's hate. It's not hate. It's sports hate. No, exactly. It's, 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 it's healthy sports hate. It's healthy sports hate with a side of annoyance. Yeah. <laughs> so... But I feel like I feel like I've been doing this enough lately that we should at least be cashing in on it, because why is it that I can't help but sit here and root for what Ryan Clark just said was a possibility, an absolute implosion of the Green Bay Packers? Let me tell you something right now. That commander's defense, it ain't great. They've allowed the second most passing touchdowns in all of football. But they also get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They have the most quarterback contacts of any defense in the National Football League. And that's without that Chase pa- Young. And that pass offense for the Green Bay Packers, that passing attack, that offensive line will give it up now. That mm-hmm. offensive line, they've allowed 15 sacks, Carlin, on the quarterback, <laughs> which is 10th worst in the NFL, despite their quarterback having the second fastest average snap to throw time. Aaron Rodgers is getting rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds. Think about that. He's getting rid of the ball in less than two and a half sac- seconds, yet they've been sacked 15 times. Going up against this defense, that could be a problem. And that could tell the story in terms of this Green Bay Packers offense not being able to get on track against the commanders. That's why I say this is a dangerous game for Green Bay because it's about Styles making fights, and this has the potential to be a bad matchup for the Green Bay Packers. And on top of that, you got a quarterback stepping in that you ain't got a lot of film on this season. Taylor Heineke, you saw him last year, but mm-hmm. he ain't played this year in the regular season. So you don't know how he's going to utilize the weapons that are around him in this commander's offense. They got some guys that can make it happen with Dotson and Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibbs. Listen, I'm not saying that this is going to be an upset. I'm just saying this is an interesting game, and the line on this game seems really weird too. Yeah. It, it, the spread. I mean, the spread on this game is four and a half. It just doesn't smell right, Carlin, all of it. And, and and I gotta say this, this is a this is a this is a pivotal moment for the Green Bay Packers in their season if they want to be a championship contender. I, I feel like the Joker in the Dark Knight. Some people just want to see the world burn. <laughs> you want to see Aaron Rodgers' world burn. That's I, what you want to see. I kind of do. You do. Canty and Carlin. Wish you can admit it. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. First step to fixing the problem. Who said I want to fix the problem? <laughs> Tune in for football action Sunday. Speaking of which, the Commanders hosting the Packers. Coverage begins noon Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Up next, one other superstar quarterback in the league really, really doesn't get it. We'll explain in moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
Dubbed. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Just listen to this. I, I can't do it any better than for you to just listen to this from his press conference this week on why he recovers so quickly. Feeling better. Feeling better every day. Uh, you know, day by day. Obviously, it happened Monday night, but um, it's getting, it's, it, I, I heal quick. I don't know if it's Wolverine blood or what, but uh, <laughs> well, getting better. <laughs> it's Wolverine blood? Yeah. Come on, bro. Like, we don't need to hear that from you. Less is more, Russ. And right now, nobody's telling you not to be who you are. But just turn, just turn. Don't be who you are. No, but just turn down. Stop being Just you. turn down the volume on your commentary because you recognize that your team is grossly underachieving. Talk about. Just listen again. Listen to the end. Just, just for the the crickets that are missing at the end of the joke. Okay. Feeling better. Feeling better every day. Uh, you know, day by day. Obviously, it happened Monday night, but um, it's getting. It's, it's, I, I heal quick. I don't know if it's Wolverine blood or what, but uh, <laughs> well, getting better. <sighs> Nothing. Yeah, the, it's the, the, the laugh is just uncomfortable, isn't it? That's the part that gets you. It's the laugh. It's, it's come on, Russ. Like I am telling nah, Russ, I, I know you're not telling him not to dial himself back and be himself. Don't be you. Yeah. Don't be you. This is one of those cases, Chris, where whatever Russ's instincts are in situations like this, do the opposite. Yeah, it, Dude, it, it, feel, it feels like that kind of moment, right? It really does. Like, just chill out, bro. Less is more. But but here's the thing. When you look at where the Denver Broncos are at right now and how well that defense has played, Carlin, that offense is going to have to give them something to show for, right? Otherwise, the defense is going to let go of the rope. And I feel like we're at that moment in the season right now. You're talking about back-to-back overtime losses in big spots, primetime games, man. I mean, at some point, the defense is going to say, well, if the offense won't give us a chance, if the offense can't sustain drives, if the offense can't capitalize in the red zone, then why the hell are we playing hard like this? All at right. some point, you become an independent contractor. You start thinking about, okay, let me make sure I take care of myself. Let me make sure I do my job. I check that box. I'm not going above and beyond. I'm not putting myself at the risk of injury because this is a season where we can't do any high-level winning. That's what you become afraid of as a head coach. I don't have any confidence that this coaching staff is going to be able to keep everybody together. Well, I don't have confidence that the quarterback is going to be able to rally everybody together. That is the issue that I have because of the lack of results that the Denver Broncos offense has been able to produce. Okay, so that's where I really have always kind of had a fascination with that kind of a dynamic with a team. When a defense is good and when an offense is not. Mm-hmm. And how how long it takes for the defense to start looking at the offense a little bit sideways. And I'm sure that's happened already. Mm -hmm. And so Chris, not even the idea that the defense all of a sudden is like, why are we playing so hard? But looking at the offense at the same time and there being a real division 
in the team. Have you been in that circumstance before, what that looks like? Well, listen, it ebbs and flows, right? There are certain times where the defense has to carry the offense and vice versa. I have never seen it this bad or this drastic and then all of a sudden being able to right itself and work out in the end. I just haven't seen it. I can't recall. But, Carlin, think about this. This defense, in five of the six games that they've played, has held the opponent under 20 points. Under 20 points in today's NFL. You hold a team under 20 points in five of the six first games you play? Come on, man. Your record shouldn't be two and four. No. It shouldn't be. But that just goes to show you how bad this team is. Carlin, they're 30th on third down conversions, 30%. They are dead last in red zone conversions. Carlin, they've been in the red zone 15 times. They scored touchdowns on three trips. That's a problem. I mean, And you have an offensive-minded head coach and you have a quarter-of-a-billion-dollar quarterback. Colin, it's got to get better. I mean, it's three straight losses, two of them in embarrassing fashion in front of the entire country. At some point, the fortunes have to change. Unfortunately for Denver, they got a red-hot New York Jets team rolling in there this weekend and a defense that's really damn good. Well, to me, this is that game, Chris, where you have a team that's feeling really good about itself. And granted, Denver's never easy to play or in Denver, but... This could be one of those games where if the offense does not get something going and they have three points at the half and the you know, Jets are winning 10-3, 14-3, that's where I could see the rope let go of. That's where I could really see it for that defense because that's when things really start to get ugly with the football team. And I, I tell you, I know we're only six weeks into the season. I, I With the new ownership... It has to be a real consideration to make a change sooner rather than later. When you didn't hire the guy and when it's clear he doesn't have the answers for what's going on. It makes me think that he is doing that cardinal sin as a coach of worrying about his system more than he's worrying about what his players can do in it or what he can do to maximize their abilities. Chris, there are too many talented – listen, they're not overly loaded, yeah. but there are too many talent. Jerry Judy has talent. Yeah. Cortland Sutton has talent. Yeah. The Broncos have talent on offense. It's not like they can't score. And usually when you get an upgrade at quarterback the size of which Russell Wilson was supposed to be, it makes it all the more difficult to beat that team. It is a head coach right now that is holding his team back. That's what's going on. And unless that changes quick, if I'm new ownership, I can't walk in the door and let that happen. No, you can't walk in the door and let that happen. And I think this is one of those spots where if they do lose to the New York Jets, and that makes it four in a row, Carlin, that's the point in the season when you start talking about people losing their jobs. Mm. And I think that's what we're on the verge of with Nathaniel Hackett. I don't see him surviving this year. Barring any drastic turnaround, I just don't see it happening because – the offense should be markedly better than it is based on the talent that they've been able to assemble. Now, I recognize that they got some missing pieces. Like Garrett Bowles being out for the rest of the year, that's going to hurt. Anytime you lose a big piece on your offensive line, that's going to affect how you do things. But just from a play-calling standpoint and sequencing of plays, calling, none of what the Denver Broncos do on offense makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. They don't have an identity. And on top of that, you're benching guys like Melvin Gordon without communicating then Jerry Jewey's coming to the sideline, and he's huddled up with him talking. You know what happens, Carlin, when guys on the team start to get in the clicks and, and start talking about 
other things that are going on, whether it's the quarterback or the head coach, that's where you see a team splinter in the National Football League. And I think the Denver Broncos are dangerously close to something like that happening. Oh, God. After this week, too, they go – is it Germany next weekend? Yeah, for the Jacksonville game. Yeah, yeah. it's Germany next Munich, Sunday yep. morning. Oh, my God. It, it's actually – you could make the argument, and you can't <laughs> – Firing a coach before going to Germany. Yeah, not, but, let's not bring him back in the country. He's not going to clear customs. Exactly. Nathaniel Hackett's not going to clear customs. If it goes poorly these next two games before the bye, they could be looking at the second half of the year, starting the second half of the year with Tennessee, Vegas, and Carolina, and thinking somehow in the NFC West that they could salvage their year, even though I think that's unlikely. I, I could see the change happening at the bye. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, you go with an interim head coach. I'm not sure exactly who that would be. I know Dom Capers is on that staff. Don't know if he's up to it. Mm. Um, Clint Kubiak is the quarterback's coach. They'll have to do something, Carlin, but they can't stay status quo and try to keep the core of that team together and pulling the rope in the same direction. I just don't see that happening. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, as well as Sirius XM Channel 80, football season Heating up, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with the promo code PLAY. The app is safe, secure, it is just so easy to use. FanDuel has all your favorite bets, from the money line to point spreads to player props. Sign up today with promo code PLAY. For your no-sweat first bet, make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? You may look at the slate this weekend and think it's not the sexiest of slates, but it's a live slate when it comes to the underdog. Oh, yeah. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80, and of course, on your smart speakers, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Friends, tune in. It is college football action tomorrow. LSU hosting Old Miss, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So why don't we run down the slate of games, and let's take a look at which underdogs are going to not just cover, but flat out win this weekend. You ready? Let's do it. 
Packers at Commanders. We have discussed this game a little bit already. Yeah. This is a dangerous, dangerous game for the Packers. Tell everybody where all the money is on this game. Okay, so all of the money in this game is on the Washington Commanders, which is a little bit curious because they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Green Bay Packers, but ATS, 73% of the cash is on the Commanders, which is not surprising. The one that raises the eyebrow is the money line. 76% of the cash is on the Washington Commanders at plus 181, Carlin. Wow. That is a shocker, my friend. Plus 181? 76%. 76% You know what that tells you is America is obviously very down on the Packers situation. Yeah. Very down on the Packers. And maybe the Commanders are getting a bump because Taylor Heineke is filling in for Carson Wentz? Maybe. But I I don't know. Listen, I think the Commanders, it could be tricky. I don't think they're going to win the game. I don't think the Commanders are going to win the game. I think hmm. I think it's a game that will scare the daylights out of the Packers. But I say they they end up winning. They may not cover, but they end up winning. Here's why I think it could be dangerous for Green Bay. That offensive line is suspect, and going up against that defensive front with Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Montez Sweat, those guys can get after the quarterback. They lead the league in quarterback contacts. That could be a problem in terms of keeping Aaron Rodgers upright. If you cut the head off the snake in the passing game, I just don't have confidence that that offense for the Green Bay Packers can get going, especially in the second half. Colts at Titans. Colts are getting two and a half points in this game. This is a game the the Colts could absolutely win. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt that the Colts are an exceptionally live dog. Granted, it's less than three points, so that tells you uh, the Colts are getting two and a half so on a neutral field this is basically a pick yeah i hear you on that but i like the way that the tennessee titans are trending man they've won three straight games in a row including beating the colts in indy i mean this is a situation where you know you trust that a well-coached team with extra time to prepare is going to come out on the winning side of things and think about this man the, the colts you know they had the overtime game against the Denver Broncos. It was a fourth quarter game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It just feels like this is a spot where Indy's going to come back down to earth. And I ultimately think Tennessee is the better of the two teams. I think Tennessee is the better of the two teams, but I absolutely can see the Colts winning this game outright. Falcons at Bengals. All right, now I need to know where the money is on this game right now because I have to tell you, over the last two games. Or over the last two days, I have heard more people on the Falcons that I can even fathom. Yeah. Where the Falcons are getting six and a half in Cincinnati against the Bengals. Yeah. What's the what's the, what do we got on the money? Uh, this is going to surprise you. Now ATS, it's about fifty fifty. Okay. But on the money line, the Bengals are minus two eighty eight. The Falcons are plus two thirty four. Ninety six percent of the cash on the Atlanta Falcons. No, it doesn't surprise me. Because America, they're a bunch of suckers. That's why. They are a bunch of suckers. Let me tell you something. Bengals win this game by yeah, 10 to 14 I'm points. I'm with you on that one. That, that, that's a number that you fade right there. Yeah, I'll fade that one. I, yeah. and you know, when 96% of the country is zigging, I'm going to go ahead and zag on that one. Yeah. yeah. With uh, the way that that offense is looking for the Cincinnati Bengals, it feels like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase got that connection rolling again. I mean, I just think the Bengals are a good team. And let's be honest, man. 
The Bengals have won three of the last four games they played, and the only one they lost was on the road in Baltimore, division rival in a primetime game, and it was a gotta-have-it situation for the Ravens. This is a good Cincinnati Bengals team. Last year was not a fluke, and I think this week they prove it against a team that a lot of people might have the wrong idea about. Yeah, I I love the Bengals in this Yeah, yeah. Giants at Jaguars. Listen, uh, according to the great incarcerated Bob on Twitter, incarcerated Bob, if you're unfamiliar with his work, is very plugged in, believe it or not. Good work. Don't let the name throw you off. Uh, $65,000 bet placed in Atlantic City today on the Jaguars on the money line in this spot. Giants are getting three points. The Jaguars money line, I think, is around minus 160, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, Chris, I, I kind of like the Giants in this spot. And I can't believe that I'm finally coming around on it, but I am finally coming around on it. Plus, Doug Peterson, uh, even though he won't be playing Nate Sudfeld in this game, that's a joke for all the fans who remember mm-hmm. when he was in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not not a good one. Uh, I think no, that um, no, a little dry. I do like the Giants in this game. Yeah, I like the Giants too. The Bengal, the, the Jaguars' defense is a little bit suspect in the red zone, and they're suspect on third downs. Those are areas where the New York Giants thrive. Where Jacksonville is stout at defensively is stopping the run. So you have a little strength on strength in that matchup. Offensively, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars keep being a little bit trouble because the strength of this Giants team is on the defensive side of the ball. And they're really good at being able to stop the run. They're good on third downs. And I think that's the area that Brian Dable is going to have this team ready to execute at a high level in situational football. Jacksonville Jaguars have also turned it over each of the last three games. I think the Giants capitalize on those mistakes. we got a couple other underdogs that we're going to try to get to here in a bit. But I like it. I like it a lot. Meanwhile, (laughs) this weekend, you've got Dak back and you've got Tua back. So who will have their return impact their team more. We will discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? All right, let's roll out a couple of others as we, we didn't get to them. The Jets on the road in Denver. Jets at Broncos. And the Jets are one-point underdogs and very, very live underdogs in this game. I like the Jets to keep the keep it rolling right now, the way they have things going. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're talking about Russell Wilson sprinting reps with Brett Rippon in a Friday practice. That's not a good sign when you no? have a quarterback. No, it's not a good sign, especially with him dealing with a hamstring and, I guess, a, a torn lat in his throwing shoulder. So I get that the Broncos are letting this leak out there to try to spin and protect Russell Wilson from any type of public backlash on the offense being bad. But Brett Rippon stepping in is not going to make things better for that Broncos offense. And they're going up against the strength of that Jets team, which is their defense. So, yeah, I'm with you. I would take the point. Thank you very much. I think the Jets are going to win outright. And based on the cash on the money line on this game, most of America agrees with me. The Jets, 62% of the cash on the money line. 
being laid on gangrene. Seahawks at Chargers. Seahawks are getting five points against the Chargers. Five points against the Chargers. And again, it's not like L.A. uh, for either the Rams or Chargers has any kind of a home field advantage. Yeah. Uh, That feels like a bit much. And I can't believe I'm saying that because we didn't think the Seahawks weren't going to be that good this year. It's rich. But here they are at 3-3. Chris, I I think the Seahawks, I would pick the Seahawks here to cover. I could see, though, the Chargers ending up winning this game late on a field goal, something like that. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. You You think the Seahawks are going to win this game outright? I think they got a chance to, man. I I really do. I'm just just looking for, I just, I... Something about this Chargers team doesn't sit well with me. I think I know what it is, too. It's the head coach yeah, and Brandon Staley. And, and, I and know- listen, Nick, Nick Bosa and Slater, too. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh, uh, Joey, Joey Bosa. Joey excuse Bosa. me. Yeah. Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater. That, that Those are issues, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Seattle's defense is awful. So, Justin Herbert has the potential to light it up. I just feel like going up against... The Seahawks, Pete Carroll, they're a well-coached team. I just, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't feel right with me. I would lean toward taking the Seahawks into five points. Lions at Cowboys. Lions are getting seven in Dallas. Dak back. Chris, is this a is this a squeaker? I don't think the Lions are, can win this game. I think this is a squeaker, but I will say this, Carlin. ATS. Eighty-six percent of the cash is on the Detroit Lions. So they're nuts. America, a lot of a lot of America again, is proving their suckers. A lot of America is taking the six and a half points and running with the Detroit Lions right now. Apparently, a lot of America gets HBO, and they've been suckered in by Dan Campbell on Hard Knocks. <laughs> Dak and Tua back this weekend. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Look, it's hard for me to argue, considering the Cowboys and how well they have played with Cooper Rush, that Tua is not going to have a much more positive effect on the Miami Dolphins than Dak is going to have on the Cowboys. However, let me say this. I am the same person who believed and continues to believe that the Cowboys will not get anywhere without Dak. You know, I don't think that Cooper Rush can carry the Cowboys if this is an injury that happened late in the season Mm. where he would be able to get it done in the postseason, even the way they are playing right now. I think you do need somebody that is more dynamic. And so I think in the big picture of later in the year, if he is healthy, Dak will have a much more positive effect on his team's fortunes than the Dolphins with Tua the Dolphins with Tua, that's about right now and getting back on track. Well, the Dolphins with Tua is about being able to position yourself to get into the postseason. I don't think there's any question about whether or not the Cowboys are going to make it to the playoffs, right? If you're looking at the no, NFC. but I'm talking about in the playoffs. In the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, but yeah. we don't know that the Dolphins are going to get in the playoffs right. if they don't have Tua for the majority of the remaining games. they got 11 games left. They're mm-hmm. going to need Tua for at least nine of them. Mm-hmm. if they're going to have a shot at being able to make a playoff run, especially in a conference that has so much competition. So that's why I think Tua coming back this weekend is much more consequential than Dak coming back this weekend. And then you also think about the opponents on the upcoming schedule. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, you're talking about them playing the Lions and the Bears. The Miami Dolphins are playing a Pittsburgh Steelers team that you're talking about just had an opportunity to compete and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And now 
after that on the road against the Detroit Lions. So I just think that it's important for Tua to get back just because this is a team that's trying to climb out the cellar of the AFC East. Yeah, listen, they but they need him now. If you took, if we were talking about later in the year, the Cowboys, while they could still stay afloat, and they almost certainly would make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think that ultimately in the bigger picture, you could argue that Tua would have a much larger effect on the Dolphins if we're getting talking about getting further this season. I don't believe the Dolphins are going to get to they're going to get to divisional weekend, maybe the divisional weekend. They're yeah. not getting the championship weekend. Yeah. I the Cowboys are capable of getting the championship weekend. Are they? With Dak? Are they? With Dak. Are they? Yes. They are. They are. That's and news to me because Dak Prescott has played only on divisional weekend. He hadn't gotten a championship I, weekend. I know. Yeah. But I, even I have to admit, as a Cowboy hater, <laughs> that this has been remarkably impressive what they've been able to do. Yeah. And it's and, been and, led by their defense. The only thing that worries me is if they continue to fall in love with this passing attack because they have a $40 million quarterback. And that's not their formula for success. No, Carlin. it's not. You and I have noted that in since Cooper Rush took over, what the Cowboys need to be on offense needs to be more of a reflection of what we've seen the last five games and less of what they tried to do against the Tampa Bay Bucks. But if you and I know that, don't we think they know that? I mean, or don't we think they will know that by the time the playoffs roll around? I, I would think so. And, look, it is about the defense, Chris, but the, the one other thing it's about, they can get to championship weekend because the rest of the NFC is just not that great. I mean, well, you and I are sitting here earlier today talking about Christian McCaffrey and Hey, are the 49ers now the second-best team in the yeah. NFC? Yeah. That's that's part of the discussion. So that's why, uh, for me, the Cowboys, they're they're really good in in terms of where they have been where they have been able to get considering the situation. Yeah. I, the Eagles are much better. The Eagles are going to win the division. The Cowboys are going to be a wild card team, but I still think that they could find themselves in Philadelphia on Championship Sunday. Are the Dolphins a playoff team? If Tua plays in the rest of the games on the schedule, are they a playoff team? Considering that the AFC West has broken the way that it has, yeah, yeah, yeah. I trust. I trust. Because, the and Dolphins, I also I trust the Dolphins with Tua more than I trust the Chargers. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. No, absolutely. I trust the Dolphins more than any team in the AFC South. Okay, well, that's not setting the bar all that high. Okay, but yes. and, and I trust the Dolphins more than I trust the Steelers or the Browns. Yes. And I trust the Dolphins with Tua Healthy more than I trust the Jets or the Patriots. Still to be seen for me on the Jets. Really? Still to be seen. Okay. I, I'm not saying it's definitively one way or the other. Okay. If it's right now, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. I trust the Dolphins more because I am very impressed by the Dolphins' defense. And, frankly, I'm impressed with what I've seen from Tua, the way he's been able to use the weapons that they put around him. But the biggest question that you and I had is whether or not the guy can stay healthy. And it's more about a franchise quarterback and less about his competence as a quarterback when he's under center. The one thing, yeah, I mean, listen, when he's under center, there's no arguing that they can put up points. I yes. just, I, I don't know that... In the grander picture, I still don't know if he's the guy. No, I don't. Health either. and everything else involved. Yeah. But his ability to get the ball to the guys in space to make big plays, I won't question that. No, I'm uh, not going to question that either. But we all will be holding our collective breath on Sunday Night Football 
because we do are reminded of what happened in week four. Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.